Hey, welcome back to Questions from the Pew. This is part two of a conversation that started in season four, episode five. Um, this is season four, episode six. Uh, so if you haven't listened to that yet, it might be helpful to listen to that first part, uh, just because uh, it kind of leads into the conversation that we'll be having in this episode. We're a forum for discussion on the issues that are ruminating in the minds of churchgoers, but that are often not raised from the pulpit. Too long has the church shied away from grappling with tough questions and nuanced issues. We're your hosts. I'm Riker Zalameta. I'm Lucas Manning. Welcome to Questions from the Pew, where faith and culture meet. Welcome back. Yes, I guess we not are. welcome back because we're just continuing the conversation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, welcome back. I mean, they were listening to us then. They're listening to us now. Wow. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> anyway. Well, All right. Well, uh, yeah. Should we pick up with the, with the next question here? Kind yeah, of leading from, from that first one. Cool. So question is, can I be a Christian and still believe in evolutionary science? Wow. Mm. That's a great question. A question <laughs> about I mean, which churches we can have make divided. This, we can make this a real short episode. Yes. <laughs> End it there. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I think this I don't know. Do you want to start this off? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could give, yeah, give it a go. I mean, a part of me just thinks, yeah, this question is... Uh, it's a good one, and it's also just like a leading question into a whole, you know, bag of worms or whatever. Um, which is like, bag what is? Or is it can of worms? Yeah, it's a can of worms. <laughs> I just missed that one. The cat is in the bag. That's what. Yeah, it is. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's the rabbit in the bag. The cat goes in the hole. Okay, I'm this is <laughs> tough. Anyway, and there goes another subscriber. <laughs> <laughs> drop them like flies anyway um yeah i mean i think it's it just basically is a gateway into the question of you know how does the bible relate to you know scientific discoveries which is like our dominant way of viewing slash interacting with the world in the modern hmm. day you know what i'm saying um whether we like it or not we're steeped in you know a scientific uh, materialistic, and by that I don't mean buying things. I mean like uh, physical material. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I guess materialistic would be the the word. Uh, or physicalist. I don't know. Is that a new word? Did I just make up a word? Physicalist. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying the the main way that we imagine the world is the physical realities of like atoms, which mm-hmm. make up molecules. You know, chemicals getting bigger and now we're physical you know physical things made up of physical building blocks um that's like you know the modern concept or at least the modern western conception of reality 
Um, and so obviously the Bible, which is not a modern Western literary work, is coming to the world or is approaching the world. Um, not even approaching the world. It's just the way it's living is in a different, <laughs> you know, a mm-hmm. different environment. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a huge question. Um, and how does, you know, how does, how should science interact with the Bible, which we say is, you know, the inspired word of God, you know, has authority in our lives. Um, yeah. Like how, how do, how do these things relate? Mm. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's just like a little intro into it. I don't know if you want to take that anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you you brought up a, f- a few good points. One that I was just thinking of now as you were ending that was like the, your statement on having on the Bible having authority in our lives and that that belief like how does that play into claims of modern science, you know, history and then faith. Mm. Um and I guess maybe I'd nuance that question. It's like, what do we mean by authority? Do we mean like mm. authority in terms of how, it, like it determines how we ought to live our lives, kind of like what we talked about, you know, earlier um, mm-hmm. in terms of the ethic and the morality that the Bible offers? Um, or does that also include authority in terms of, uh, I don't know, we talked about it already, but like its claims on history or sure. phenomenology, like the way yeah. it views the world. Or For the, sure. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. That's, sorry, maybe no, that's no, splitting that's off into a, a different tangent. But. No, I mean, I think it's a, it's a related, like, to, or it's just, yeah, it's all one thing. Um, and I think people are just, they're going to get tired of us saying this kind of a thing. But, like, it does come down to the cultural context that the Bible was written in. Because, um, like I said, our our cultural, uh, I guess, just default is to think of things first as like physical. You know what I'm saying? This mm-hmm. is a physical reality. Um, yeah, and maybe there's something beyond that, but that's not. We're not thinking. Most often, when something bad happens, the first thing that goes through a modern Westerner's mind isn't, you know, there's a demon in this, or you know, there's some other spiritual reality. It's oh, mm. cause and effect, material. Sure you know, reality has made this happen, you know, maybe it's unlucky for me or whatever. Um, you know, how that, how that might, re- uh, or clash with the Bible or the Bible's way of, of being in the world is so like history, for instance, when we read a history textbook, what we're asking for is what happened like in physical reality. Like what, there's one thing that happened, um, or there's facts, you know, there's there's things that happen. And to be fair, every retelling is an interpretation of the story. Um, every every news article you see is going to highlight a different part of a story, is going to leave out details. Um, and they might be doing that to try to shape how you understand that event. Uh, it's also just, we there's the finite capacity of the human brain. We can't understand the fullness of any event. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's where uh, a part of it is just we can't we can't get around the entirety of the you know event or you know reality, mm-hmm. uh, which we'd love to, but we can't. Um, but our focus is like to get as close as possible to 
what has happened with as little, you know, conjecture or whatever is, as is necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the Bible, when it retells something, it, the event is oftentimes used to, um, to teach something, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or to provide wisdom. Yeah. Um, so and so canvas. that's where, yeah, exactly. So that's where, um, I think it just, our, our understanding of what we're reading has to shift from our cultural default, which is, you know, a scientific historical approach, uh, to more of what the Bible is, which is like, a you know, it's a, it's a retelling. And once again, there's, there's certain aspects, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, there's certain aspects of the Bible that need to have happened. <laughs> we, we need those things to be true in order for our faith to make any sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, for instance, the days in creation, which is what this question is really originally talking about. Um, yeah. Can you still believe in evolutionary science? I mean, some would say you don't even have to like the days. I'm, so, well, maybe we should just go through some views specifically on this. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. No, I agree. C- can I yeah. add to that before? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. I think it's important to, cause you brought up like that the naturalist, the materialist worldview is the um, is the default of our modern age, and yes. I would definitely agree with that. But I I will uh, qualify it with this: is that that worldview came out of not um, came as a result of a lot of um, cultural upheaval. So the Enlightenment period, sure. uh, right? Um, and so much of the church was intermingled with that, and um, the faults of the church during that period, I think, helped to really drive culture overall, sure. intellectual culture, towards that naturalist worldview sure. because of the faults of and of of the church. And so they're connected, they're correlated, but I don't think it's fair to say that one caused the other or mm. i don't know yeah not sure if i would say this but maybe even that um man i'm i just want to be careful about yeah. the way I, I word this yeah no but that the 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 bible doesn't stand up to the claims of modern science and and and, and history um because it came from not an examination of scripture per se, but an upheaval against religion in general. Sure, sure. And so it became all too easy to dismiss religious claims and, you know, because of that, the biblical sure. text um, for this naturalist worldview, where totally. I'm not saying that the Bible is 100%, you know, that there was a literal seven-day in creation. I'm not making any claims on that, but I'm yeah. just saying that um, it can, all, you know, religious views can often be caricatured because of again that historical move towards that totally yeah naturalist worldview yeah i mean it's an interesting dance because i think like the scientific movement of you know the modern era is like i I mean it did help us in some capacity like for instance i mean this is always the one that i use so sorry if it's getting tired but like you know the the firmament the sky dome it's like obviously we don't you know the world it just that's not the reality, physical reality that we live in. Makes good sense for an ancient Near Eastern person standing 
in Israel looking up, <laughs> you know, it makes good sense. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's not like, it's just not the physical reality is that mm -hmm. there isn't a, there isn't a physical dome or, or like around a flat earth. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so I think science has, I think science has helped interpretation in the sense that it's, it gets rid of uh, our tendency to, the funny thing is I was about to say everything uh, in scripture is gospel. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, like the, the claims about days and the claims about, uh, physical reality, we realize that those are, those are cultural artifacts now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. and so they, yeah. they aren't the, they aren't the why or the what of the Bible. They're just the, the context in which the Bible takes place. Mm. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And so I think no, I in agree. that sense, it, it has helped. Uh, but I agree with, yeah, I, I think you're very right that just, some of the things that the church did, but also just the way culture was going uh, has driven us towards a more materialistic or naturalistic view of of reality, mm -hmm. uh, which is honestly funny because now with quantum mechanics, we thought that it was physical building blocks, but now it's there's literally scientists who will say to you that at the most basic level of the universe it's a subjective like it depends on your observation what reality is <laughs> which is incredible anyway sorry i like science <laughs> you can't tell yeah I, don't, I guess one more thing maybe that can lead us up into kind of talking about maybe some of those different views um is the fact and you mentioned it already but like the bible that we read is a Product, at least we believe is a product of both human and divine authorship right so it's not one or the other it's both and um and so i mean just thinking of a couple of scripture verses right so like um scripture is god breathed um directed by the wind of the holy spirit in terms of i think it's first peter talking about um, prophecies um, and so we hold those two together, but I think the problem is also all too often we only consider the divine part in that human and divine um, partnership, if, if I can use that word. Yeah. Um, and so what we get then is, one, a stunted view of what scripture is and the authorship it, you know, uh, it has, uh, but then also it puts us in a, it, on, on, um, an unsure fitting in terms of how we relate to, to culture. That's so how we Christians can relate to culture. Um, yeah, because we forget that so much of the scriptures were grounded in reality, uh, in human, mm. um, yeah, in human reality. So um, the human authors were writing from their vantage point. Yeah. Um, but when we treat it only as a divine text that can speak into, you know, sciences, you know, history, math, yeah. and all those things, it's we said it before. We, it's asking, um, it's asking the Bible to do more than it's um, right. claiming to do. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, and I think that's that's the problem a lot of times um, is people asking the Bible to do things that it was never trying to do. Um, which, yeah, I, th I think that's the part of yeah. the problem. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe if you want, I don't, do we want to take this like specific question and like, look at, I, I can think of like three ways to look at mm -hmm. like three views or whatever. <laughs> I don't sure. know. 
Yeah, okay. no, I think I think that'd be helpful. And I mean, the, the original question is, can I be a Christian and still believe in evolutionary science? Yes. But when people ask that question, they're referring specifically to Genesis one and two. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah. uh, and right. so, yeah, it would be helpful to um, to examine that because they one way that people answer this question of can I be a Christian and still believe in evolutionary science is by making a claim to scripture, making a claim to Genesis 1 right. and 2 and an interpretation of it. So, yeah, I think it'd be helpful to, to okay. go through some options. Yeah. start us out i guess the one that i grew up with which may be i don't know i don't know what i feel like it there's even some difference within evangelical church like conservative evangelical churches but like so i grew up just like with a young earth creation view that was the view it says day it means day so in seven days god made everything it leads to some interesting questions like how can you have a day without you know I guess like the celestial bodies, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what, what is a day without yeah. the sun? Um, so, I mean, those are fair and interesting questions, which I think, I think points to the like insufficiency of that, of that view. But I mean, it is, it is one view. It does say day. It's the Hebrew word day. Uh, worth noting that Yom can, which is the Hebrew word for day, can mean the longer periods of time it has. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most commonly, it just means day. That is what it, a 24-hour period is most commonly what it means. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's fair. Uh, so I would say that's, that's you know, kind of one view. Um, another, which I feel like this is kind of what was presented to me, like in class, like the, what is it, theistic evolutionist view or whatever, is basically they'll interpret that yom that day as like age so it's Mm -hmm. like you know in the first age this happened Mm -hmm. second age this and so that allows for people who are more committed to an evolutionary understanding of the universe so the big bang the the problem is there's more open maybe not yeah maybe not committed sure sure, sure. yes more open to that uh or more compelled by that Mm. description Mm -hmm. of reality um which I would say is me. Um, yeah, I think I'm compelled by the science of specifically like like the astronomy. <laughs> I'm not going to get into any of it, but it does compel me. Um, so that and then also like, you know, evolution, like biological evolution uh, of like life on Earth, which is different, but but along the same lines um, of a naturalist, you know, explanation for um for reality 
Um, so, so that's what they'll do. They'll say that day just means, you know, it's period of time. And then Mm -hmm. they, I think they see some linearness in the way that, you know, humans are on day six and with animals uh, and plants before that, which is kind of, I think that's the direction of evolution is like, you know, the microbes or whatever, and then Mm -hmm. plants and those kind of things. And then, you know, animals coming later and then humans even later. Um, There is scriptural... And they kind of use scripture for that. People who hold to this view is like Second um, Peter three eight. One day is with the Lord is a, as a thousand years. Yes, um, there you so go. there are some. Yeah, they draw on right. that as well. Totally. Which, I guess I'm gonna pick at this perspective <laughs> also, <laughs> but I think that's reading a little bit too much back from the New Testament back onto the Old Testament. Uh, mm-hmm. When you know the Old Testament authors wouldn't have had. Not to say that they wouldn't even share that view of, you know, I guess, what would that be? Like time time dilation, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God's going through time dilation. Or just outside of time, I guess, would be the way to say that. Um, but anyway, so that's that's another view. Uh, yeah, first one, young earth creation, kind of face value. It says day, it is day. Second one, theistic evolution, which is uh, the days are actually ages, and, you know, God created and then I guess I'm just going to call this a literary, like a literary approach, which I guess, so I when I read fair. or see Genesis 1, I see it as like a poetic work with the first three days, that being like the creation of day and night is on day one. Uh, I'm forgetting day two. <laughs> oh, the separation day of the waters separate, on, yeah, on waters. day two. Uh, so... That's where the waters above are separated from the waters below. Um, and keep in mind, that's with a firmament uh, is in the, the author's imagination of what's keeping these waters above and waters below separated. I think we've talked about it on other podcasts, mm-hmm. the cosmology. So we won't go into it now. Uh, but separating the waters. And then day three is dry ground and plants. And then on day four, you have the celestial bodies. And so those those fill the day and the night. So he make, you know, God says, let there be light, light. He called day, the dark called night. And then he fills those with the celestial bodies. So the sun, the moon stars, uh, on day four. So day one is filled by day four. Uh, day five is all the, the fish and the birds, which is Mm -hmm. separating the waters. Um, so that there's, you know, obviously water below fish and then the sky, which is the sky dome, the rakia, the firmament, uh, which he fills with birds. Um, and then, so day two is filled by day five. And then day three, which is the dry ground of the plants, we get the old animals and the capstone of creation, which is humanity. Hey, let's, mm. let's be proud of ourselves. We are the capstone. Pumped about it. That's, that's one thing I will say is I think Christians are very good at understanding the depravity of man, and we are, and we, are evil i think we can all agree but god also made us as his images and the capstone of creation we're literally the divine representation in creation hmm. so we are I, I i guess to me it's like that's an incredible view of humanity like we have so much potential and it's awesome mm-hmm. anyway um so day three which is the dry ground is filled by day six with animals and humans uh, so that's where To me, I don't see it as a linear, you know, kind of a, it's explaining the evolutionary process. Um, I also don't, 
I don't need to take it as physical days, uh, mostly because you don't get celestial bodies till day four. So I don't know how, I don't know how those first days are even days. Um, and then just like, you know, there's evidence of humans older than the traditional, like 6,000 years ago understanding, which there might be some young earth creationists who aren't 6,000 years, but that's how I grew up is it was, they would, uh, they'd use the genealogies in Genesis to measure out how long ago it was. Uh, and it came somewhere around 6,000 years. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so I see Genesis one as like a literary work. One quick caveat about the generations thing that might be helpful. Uh, a lot of times in biblical generations, they'll leave out a lot mm -hmm. of people in the middle. Um, yep. So that's part of the reason why that uh, going backwards with the genealogies doesn't work. Um, yeah, so one person we, will be named as the father of one, but they're actually like two or three yes. generations exactly. in between that. And um, we see that in multiple genealogies in the Bible. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's insufficient. Yeah. Anyway. In which case um, it would be helpful to, you know, understand that as, hey, this person was the ancestor of right, this imp right. other important exactly. person. Father in a general sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe one more thing that I one more interpret. I don't know. Sorry, were you going to no, add no, another no. reading? No, that was yeah. So that's like how I understand it. Um, so the I guess what what Genesis one is teaching me isn't about the how of of creation or how things came about, uh, but more about the who. Um, I guess the how in the sense that God created it just by speaking with his word mm -hmm. rather than like fighting uh, another divine being or, mm -hmm. you know, creating humans by mistake. There's a lot of other, mm -hmm. uh, in other ancient Near Eastern creation myths, uh, it's just a, it's either a low view of humanity or a very human view of God, mm -hmm. um, which I think in Genesis, it's, you know, God is a good divine. He's really the only, you know, He's the only divine being that matters as he speaks creation into existence. Uh, you know, he's not fighting anyone. It's not an accident that things are created. Uh, so I think that's what, you know, as far as the how, that's what Genesis 1 teaches us. Yeah. It doesn't teach us the mechanics of, you know, creation or whatever. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah. that's all I'd say. Hey, thanks for joining us for this conversation on evolution and the Bible. Um, we're actually going to split this question itself into two parts because uh, there's just a lot to say uh, if we're if we're being real. Uh, so we're going to split it into a, a part one of this question, and then next week will be part two. Um, and yeah, we look forward to hearing from you, uh, and hope you look forward to listening to part two of that conversation next week. Yeah, and if you'd like to support us financially, you can do so at Patreon. Uh, it's just www.patreon.com/slash/questions-from-the-pew. Uh, and if you can't support us financially, please give us a good rating or review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on, and that will help others find our podcast. Also, please comment and ask questions. Leave us a short voice message or text message at 312-725-2995. This has been Questions from the Pew, a podcast in the World Outspoken Network. To learn more about World Outspoken and its mission to prepare the Mestizo Church for Cultural Change, visit www.worldoutspoken.com. For questions from the Pew, I'm Riker Zalameta. I'm Lucas Manning. We'll see you next time. Bye.